Jesus. Hallelujah. Greetings to everyone in the name of Jesus. Uh, Saints, we just want to say that we love you so much. And there's just really nothing, amen, that you uh, can do about it in the name of Jesus. I tell you what, I'm excited about you and your future. Yes, 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 yes. We're excited about you and your future. Amen. Let's say a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you right now, Lord God, for uh, uh, waking us up another day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, uh, for today being the 31st of December. Lord, you brought us through, hallelujah, the year of 2023 hallelujah thank you for my sisters and brothers lord god those that went on lord god those that are still here on the battlefield fighting for your name lord in the name of jesus lord we thank you that it's in you we live we move and have our being on today hallelujah in the name of jesus lord we just we just want to say thank you for allowing us to be your children lord hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord for allowing us to be your your sons and your daughters hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you will go before those, Lord, that come into the live, those that will listen later. Lord, I just thank you right now, Lord God. I thank you right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I appreciate you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for keeping us even when we or our flesh did not want to be kept. Lord, we appreciate you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for being true to your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being our refuge, our fortress. Thank you, Lord God, for being the most high whom we can abide in. Thank you for continuing to order our steps in your word, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessings to you, those that are coming to the live. Love you so much. Amen. Today is, okay, December the 31st. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so excited about what God is doing. Hallelujah. 2024. 2024. I tell you what. I'm just thanking the Lord all the time. Amen. I'm thanking the Lord all the time because his mercy endures uh, forever. In the name of Jesus. And so yesterday the Lord gave me um, somewhat of a topic here um, to share in this Bible study. All right. And um, yeah, we're going to we're going to. We're going to share. All right. Um, we've been talking about um, discernment, the spirit of discernment, right? Um, we have and how we need it. Okay. Today, in this day and time, we need the spirit of discernment like never before. Amen. In this time, we need the spirit of discernment like 
uh, never before because uh, so many, so many are uh, falling by the wayside. Amen. So many are falling by the wayside. Um, there's a song. So many falling by the wayside. Lord, help us to stand. So many falling by the wayside. Lord, help us to stand. Ooh, so many falling by the wayside. Lord, help us stand. Lord, I think help us to stand. Something like that. But I know it's so many falling by the wayside. Lord, help us to stand. Right? So many falling by the wayside. Let me tell you something, Saints. Yesterday, I was like, you know, you know, you know, gearing up in the armor, gearing up, gearing up. And I began to sing and sing songs of Zion. I began to sing to the Lord. And one of the songs was, and I know that, you know, you know y'all might not know this song, you know. I'm a 1980s baby, 1984 to be exact. Ha! 1984, all right? And I know that some of you just don't know this song, okay? Because it dates back to when songs really mattered, okay? It dates back to when songs really mattered. And I'm going to sing a little snippet of this song here, all right? And I think I've sung it on here before, all right? But it goes like this, all right? Lord, I thank you, thank you, Jesus, for my journey. Brought me from a mighty long way. Lord, I thank you, thank you, Jesus, for my journey. Brought me from a mighty long way. Mm, I got my health and strength and I thank you. Brought me from a mighty long way. Mm, I got my health and strength and I thank you. Brought me from a mighty long way. Lord, you gave me food and shelter and I thank you. Brought me from a mighty long way. Lord, you gave me food and shelter and I thank you. Brought me from a mighty long way. Oh, Lord, you brought me. 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 From a mighty way. Oh, from a mighty way. Oh, from a mighty way. Oh, from a mighty way. From a mighty way. Oh, 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 Lord, you brought me. Oh, Lord, you brought me. From a mighty way. Oh, from a mighty way. Oh, from a mighty way. Oh, from a long, long way. Right? Oh, Lord, you brought me. Said, I thank you, thank you, Jesus, for my journey. Brought me from a mighty long way. Oh, I thank you, thank you, Jesus, for my journey. Brought me from a mighty long way. Oh, you gave me food and shelter, and I thank you. Brought me from a mighty long way. Lord, you gave me food and shelter, and I thank you. Brought me from a mighty long way. So anyways, we're singing that song, singing that song, singing that song. And I just felt the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I felt the Lord. I'm telling you, we had a great time in the name of Jesus. And I was just excited. He was excited. And I'm like, Lord, we came through 2023. 
every obstacle, okay, every pitfall, every snare, every trap, every lie, every everything. Well, you you brought your children through it all. <laughs> you brought your children through it all, and I'm telling you what, I am grateful. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here? Oh yeah, I'm the name of Jesus. I tell you what, 2023 teaches us you through another year without the Lord. Uh-uh. We can't go through another year without the Lord. We just can't afford to do it. Amen. We can't afford to do it. Today, we are going to talk about, all right, let's see if I wrote it down, the attitude of the kings. There's so many kings in the land. Now, today we're going to address the attitude of the king because we can go to first kings, second kings. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about Jezebel. We talked about Ahab. Ahab was a king. So now we're going to go to first kings and second kings because first kings and second kings address what kings. But the difference, okay, between these kings it's, the, it's their attitude. Some of them, okay, believed on the Lord. Some of them did not. Some of them started out believing in the Lord, but then something or someone changed them. Solomon. So we have to take time now. Realize, where is my feet sitting right now? Am I a king of the Lord? Or am I a king of the enemy? Because when we go all through 1 Kings and 2 Kings, we see all different types. Some of them believed on the Lord. Some of them started believing on the Lord, but they got the big head, big old head. And we see them as a, as a Saul. We see Saul, we know the story of Saul, we know the story of David, how Saul started out. The Lord says, okay, y'all want a king? I'll appoint you a king. He gave them Saul. Saul started out, you know, on the right foot, I guess. But then on down the line, Saul began to see stuff his own way. Saul began to take his own path. Saul began to obey his own self. Saul went away that same right, but the end there was, was death. Saul got to the point where he was going through so much, the Lord took the prophet of, he took the prophet away from, from Saul. And Saul got to going through so much till he wanted to go raise up Samuel, I believe. But and when he did, he went and found the very ones he wanted to kill, which was the soothsayers, the witches, you know, suffer a witch not to live. Well, see, now, uh, many times when we begin to go in our own way, the very ones we knew were wrong in the first place, we go and try to revive, resuscitate. And the witches, the warlocks and all them, they were afraid of Saul. Saul, you suffer the witch not to live. So now you, you're trying to fool me. You're trying to get me to use the gift that I have that I didn't give to God. 
You're trying to get me to use this gift so you can kill me. No, 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 I'm not going to kill you. This same one that persecuted you, now I need you. So Saul convinces uh, her to uh, raise up, resurrect Samuel because I need direction. I need direction and I don't know what to do. So he convinces her to go ahead on and raise up Samuel. And Samuel had a word for Saul. Samuel, Samuel had a word for Saul. And it, it wasn't really what Saul wanted to hear. But this is what happens when we find our footing in another place, in another space, in another region, another atmosphere. This is when we, this is when we find the words that are not beneficial, the words that are damning to us. Because how can the Lord bless when we're not, if we're not in his word. I look at King Solomon and he started out right. He started out right and um, verse 10 says, And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. You go back up. Solomon said, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, they so great a people? Verse 10 says, The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. It goes on to say, The Lord blessed Solomon for his heart posture. It goes to show the wisdom of that the Lord gave Solomon according to his prayer. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you more than that because you didn't hardly ask for anything for real. So now 16 says, and then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. We have two harlots. The heart of Solomon was not to condemn the two harlots. I'm a robo saint and I have two harlots and y'all need help. Get out of my presence. Get out of the way. Go. That's that. That wasn't the heart of, of Solomon. So these two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And if you really want to break it on down. When we went to the book of Hosea. Chapter two. Or just a book of Hosea, period. That is the church needing to return back to the Lord. That is the church that had played the harlot, right? That is the church that has responded uh, to flesh instead of to Abba. Amen. So with that being said, Verse 16, it said, and there came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. Oh, uh, we can't really, in a spiritual aspect, there, we can look back at a time in our life where 
we kind of played the harlot. We can look back at a time in our life where we're not as pleased to share this time. We're not antsy to share these times. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a time that maybe you're not proud of or a time that maybe I'm not proud of or a time that maybe we were on the part of the journey where the Lord was testing us and maybe we failed a couple of tests. And it's something to not be proud of. You understand me? So there are times where we have played the harlot. And sometimes we can look back and we're like, no, I don't remember a time where I played the harlot. Trust me. <laughs> if you're living in flesh, there are times when your prayer life wasn't where it's supposed to be. There are times when you just wasn't fasting the way you're supposed to fast. There were times when you just wasn't on the on your game. You know what I'm saying? There are times when we gave ourselves to men more than we gave ourselves to God. And we used the quote, I'm serving the man of God. This is me serving God. That ain't true. How is this not true the way we used to use it? The way, the reason it's not true the way we used to use it, quote unquote, is because if that same man, that same woman, told you to do something God told you not to do, you would do it. So are you, were you serving God or were you serving man? Were you serving God or was you serving a woman? Sometimes we don't, we don't be honest. And how can, it's the truth that sets us free. How can we live, move, have our being, go on and see what the end is going to be, keep our feet on the path when we can't and won't be something as simple as honest. I'm serving the man of God. I'm serving the daughter of Zion. Really? That same man can get up there. That same woman can get up there and tell you something that's contrary to the text. And there you bobbleheaded. Amen. 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 No, they lying. So, that was a, and many of us that are in the, in the, in the road right now, many of us have been through this phase before where we're young in the faith and we, 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 we come under again, we come under a leader, a teacher, a reacher. And if we come under some that may have started right, but they went their own way, like Saul, if we come under some like this, and we begin to reverence that person, that man, that woman. We begin to reverence them. And before we know it, we're reverencing them more than we're reverencing the word of God. And it's like whatever they say, go. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. All right. Let me tell you how I know. Because that man of God, that woman of God can tell you, do not fellowship with that man that has left the church because they were hurt. Do not fellowship with that woman that have left the church because they were hurt. Don't fellowship with them. And you know what you will do? You know what I would do? Do I have to say it? And, but what does the word say? What does the word say? About loving and treating your neighbor as you love and treat yourself. What if it was you that was gone because you were hurt? 
what what if it was you? If you're in the supermarket, would you want the, the saints that were supposed to be all oh, your sisters and brothers? Would you want them when they see you turn real fast and go the other way or run down another aisle, run back out the store, run back out the restaurant, run back out the movies, just run because now you got cooties because you're not a part of our cult. You're not a part of our club. You're not a part of the manipulation system. So when we talk about honesty, let's go ahead and be honest, right? Many times we fall under the manipulation of serving men and serving women and we forget God. This is for those that look back and say, I've never played the harlot. Everybody has played the harlot before. This is why the Lord felt led to tell us, return back to your first love. I still have a few things against you. You suffer that woman Jezebel who called herself a prophetess to teach and preach. And I don't know that scripture all the way through. But I believe many of you do. So we're talking about the kings today. All right. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Why? Well, number one, because it was an egg. All right. But in 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 the spiritual realm, it takes God. It takes honesty. It takes truth. It takes a relationship. It takes a willing heart and a sincere spirit to say, you know what, Lord? I might have not went out in the streets. I might have not got on drugs, alcohol. I might have not went and hired a man to come and do a couple things, a woman to do some stuff. I might have not got drunker than Cooter Brown and his family. I might have not went out in the street and backbite against my sisters, backbite against my brothers. I might not be a cusser. Just cuss, just nasty potty mouth. I might not even be a cusser. I don't watch ungodly programs and I don't dial into porn. But somewhere we replaced the love for Abba with the love for a man the love for a woman and then we made excuses about why we did it I'm serving the God inside of you if that's the case for those of us that believe we've never fell short if that's the case you serving the God and the man you serving the God and the woman if that's the case then you would treat me the same way right right if that's the case, 
you would treat Sister Spookendike, who's in the back ushering, the same way. Because she has God in her. Are you serving the God in her too? You would treat Brother So-and-so, who only wears one, one certain pair of shoes, because he only got one pair of work shoes, one pair of church shoes, and he only got about three suits. But you would still treat that man of God the same way. Because guess what? He's got God in him too. So you see how we lie? See how we cover up sometimes? And what is it? This is to show us that the righteous scarcely make it in too. The Lord in all his love, compassion, understanding, and wrath told us in the book of Revelation, uh, I, I thank you for doing this. I'm proud of you for doing that. But still, I have all against you in this area or in that area. But the robo saints, there is no area that needs to come up. There is no area. I am a robo saint. I'm a robot. There is no area that needs to come up. I am where it is. And that's not true. Because as long as we're living in this flesh, this flesh will lie to us. Yeah, you are right there. Yeah, you are there. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Lie. Lie. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. And while I know this is not a popular subject, it's not popular to say that the righteous would scarcely make it in. Where should the sinner and the ungodly appear? But it is law. And it has been written. And because it's been written, you and I have to pay attention to that as well. I understand speaking it. I speak this and I speak that. But what we fail to understand many times is that they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if we keep lying to ourselves, that's not the truth. And if we keep proclaiming it on the housetop and the mountaintop, but our spirit is confessing something else, that's a lie too. Who am I? What am I? Where am I? Why am I here? Who sent me? Am I pleasing him? Am I living for myself? Am I living for others? Or am I living for God? If I'm living for God, others can benefit. If I'm living for others, God will not benefit. And if I'm living for myself, others nor God will benefit. the kings all the king's horses all the king's men couldn't put the king back together again if you look sometimes our kings find pleasure in many different things cars houses boats yachts um vacation homes stocks and bonds gold bars silver bars uh, Bitcoin, 
a big bank account, uh, a wife that is submissive, a wife that is obedient, a wife that is uh, loving, a wife that is a crown that makes me look good, but still pleasure comes from the mistress, the girlfriend, the side piece. Or a lady, you know, she has her husband and, you know, have all these different things, you know. And we can find pleasure in these things. But all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. Why? He could, Now he's got all the horses. He's got the reverence of all the men, but they still couldn't put him back together again. What does that say to us? Such a, 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 a old nursery rhyme. But what does that say to us today? It says that no matter what we do, no matter who we are, no matter where we go, what we say, the only one that's going to be able to put us together is Abba Father. And he tells us there is a way that seems right, but the end thereof is death. He tells us that there's a highway that he placed there for us, and the unclean shall not pass thereover. In order for us to abide and travel the highway, you and I, we have to be submissive to the word. You and I have to count up the cost. And sometimes, many times, most often times, it will. We have to count the loss of some stuff to gain this. But the Lord already said, if you lose it for my sake, you're going to find it again. You're going to find it again. I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. Well, what about when we stop declaring the works of the Lord? But we still desire the other part called life. Am I living if I'm not declaring the works of the Lord? Is my living in vain if I'm not declaring the works of the Lord with the breath that he's given me? I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. The kings. The kings are in authority. And when I speak of kings, I would like to address the men today. The kings are in authority, right? And I love the kings. I love to watch the kings. I love to see the king's mannerisms. I love to hear how they speak. I love to see how they talk. Big speech doesn't really matter to me. I love to hear the tone of their voice, right? I love to see their facial expressions. I love to hear the revelation knowledge of the truth. 
I love when they feel like nobody's listening, but the whole room is attentive. I love when they hear and feel like nobody's saying amen, but nobody's saying amen because everybody is tuning in now and listening to what God is saying. Many times we get a whole bunch of amen, amen, amen. It's a lot of people's flesh is being fed. But anytime the Lord begins to chip away and chip away at that flesh, people get quiet. Why is it sometimes that the kings don't really like the silence? Many times it's in the silence where that growth is taking place. Because we're allowing God to speak now. Shh. I don't need you to say nothing. Shh. Take this all in. Shh. He speaks. When God speaks. When God speaks. Yea, the Lord will say unto you, and everything goes quiet. Why? Because God is speaking. But is God not speaking the whole time? Through the whole sermon? Through the whole message? Is God not speaking through his word? Yea, the Lord will speak. Well, the Lord has been speaking. Do we allow the Lord to come in and do the work? I'm not going to appeal to your flesh today. Your amen, you can keep that. I got enough of my own. I'm going to speak what the Lord has told me to say. And if you decide not to come back, that's your prerogative. But I'm going to speak what God told me to say. Many times we can lose that boldness because we have to make mortgage rents. Because we have to make payments because we have to make we have to we have to live too right and while understanding that it still can't be a compromising of the word of God the word of God is what matters this is why we're living I shall live to declare the works of the Lord I shall live to declare the works of the Lord you know It's one of those things that the Lord desires from us, our kings, to declare, to lift up their voice like a trumpet, show the people the error of their ways. Because if I don't know that I'm in error, I won't correct it. And if I don't correct it, I don't make it. The difference between the kings The pharaohs, the attitude, the attitude. To me, every man has... He has room to be a king. But that man can choose not to be by his actions. Does that make sense? That man can choose not to be 
by his lifestyle, the way he lives. But I believe every man has that space and place inside of them to be a king. Yeah, I believe it. What are the characteristics of a king? I looked this up here. We're going to read some of it. It's kingdomcitizens.org, characteristics of a king. Number one says a king is never voted into power. That tells you right there. It says his power is inherited from birth. His power is inherited from birth. So many of you don't have to walk around with a crown on your head. Walk around because people have voted you into power. When you're born of a woman, you're born in the image of God who is the king of kings, which makes you a king. The characteristics of a king, number one, a king is never voted into power. People may never recognize you as, oh, there's the king. But you have to know within you that you're a child of God. You're of a royal priesthood. Number two says a king is a king by birthright. So when we're born again, born again through Jesus, There's a birthright that comes with this kingship. The undercaption says his kingship is not conferred by men. We do not make him king. All we can do is acknowledge that he is a king. We didn't make him a king, but he was born that when he was born again. He, if that is his birthright to be a king. Number three, a king cannot be voted out of power. You can't be voted out of power, man of God. The only one that can give the power away is you. Many men give their power away through women. Read my movie history. Many men can give their power away through through sexual intercourse with women. And now, you know, because she's a she's of the enemy, she can usurp that power from him. And and now we see a lot of men that occupy the church, their souls are fragmented. Why? Because in their time of weakness, in their time of the in the book of Hosea, when the Lord said, bring her back. And Hosea said, when you come back, I'm for you and you for me. Don't you go out there to nobody else. When the Lord said in Revelation, return to me and I'll return, return, draw not to me. I'll draw not to you. Return to me. Return to your first love. The king sometimes falls off like the prodigal son. Doesn't mean the Lord don't love him. Just means the Lord is saying now, okay, this right here, you're going to have to fix. And a lot of times when they fall off, 
they leave a part of their soul with this woman, a part of their soul with that woman, and sometimes a part of their soul with a man. They open up themselves. They open up doors to the demonic realm. They get dirty. Then when they make it back to the foot of the cross, there's there's work to do. The Lord, please forgive me. Yes, the Lord forgives us, but it doesn't mean that there's not work to do now. Doesn't mean that we didn't let spirits in. Doesn't mean that we we, we don't have any cleaning up to do. It just means that the Lord has given us a clean slate. But now, see, I have to wrestle with these thoughts. Now I have to wrestle with the enemy has more things to accuse me, my flesh of. He has more things to accuse my spirit of. And he has more demons that he can send toward me to try to get me to stumble and fall. Why? Because I open up these doors. Pornography. And, 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 and same sex. And, and, and other people's wives. And, and children. And all types of stuff. Three says a king cannot be voted out of power. A king cannot be voted out of power. What does that mean? That means if God be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. No one person can vote you out of power. As long as you're standing in the word of God, you have that kingship. And nobody, no congregation, no group of people, nobody can vote you out of power. You can give your power away. Three says he was king before the world began and he will still be king after it has passed away. How do you grab a hold to this revelation? How do you grab a hold to to this inheritance by being born again? By grace through faith. I like number four. Number four says a king's authority is absolute. All right. A king's authority is absolute. Now, we are going to look up what absolute means. Absolute. All right. Absolute. Listen to this. It means total. It means viewed or existing independently and not in relation to other things. It's not relative or comparative. It's a value or principle which is regarded as universally valid. Universally valid. How is it universally valid? If I travel to another country, I travel to another state region, how is it universally valid? Because Abba rules it all. And as long as you're born again, okay, uh, through, uh, by grace, through faith, it doesn't matter where you go. That authority is valid. 
universally. You go to Trinidad, that authority is valid universally. I don't care how many devils and demons and spirits are there. That authority is universally valid. I'm talking about the authority of a king now. A king's authority is absolute. Number five says a king's word is law. No one can command his orders, negate his pronouncements, set aside his decrees, or amend his statues. Nobody can do it. But you see, this type of authority is only in God because he's the king of kings. He holds the heart of the kings. Many times the Lord will turn a king's heart a certain way uh, based on the things that he already has within him. If that king's got a certain percentage of bitterness in him, the Lord will turn his heart that way. If the king is just love, just love, 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 the Lord will turn his heart. That's not to say the Lord can't turn a king's heart uh, that's full of love to hate sin and to hate iniquity and to hate. That's not what I'm saying. Amen. But a king's heart is governed and ruled by the Lord. This is why it's important for us to pray the prayer, creating us a clean heart and renew in us a right spirit, Lord. Because many are called, but few are chosen. And I don't want you to see bitterness in me, Lord, and choose me because bitterness is already there. Choose me to come up against a daughter of Zion, a man of God. Because you already see bitterness there. So I'm going to use you. Okay. I'm going to call you. To do this to him, call you to do this to her, call you to, and because you see that already in me. But many, but many are called to do several different things, but only few are chosen. A king's word is law. A king personally owns Everything in his domain. Do you believe that? A king personally owns everything in his domain. A kingdom is the only form of government where the ruler owns everything and everyone. Sometimes we can say, well, I don't own my house yet. I'm still paying the mortgage. I don't own my car yet. I'm still paying car payments. But do you know if your father is the ruler and governor over everything, then everything is already yours. 
there's an appearance. And while we're down here, yeah, there's an appearance. They set up the law where, you know, the the paper currency and it's backed by gold and things like this. Yeah, they set this up. But when it all boils down, everything belongs to the Lord, your father. Number seven says a king's decree is unchanging. Now, a lot of times from day to day, year to year, today is the 31st. From year to year, it seems like things are always changing. And if we look at it, the seasons change, right? Everything's changing. Uh, babies change from babies to adults, right? And, and, and it's a lot of stuff that's changing, but the Lord's word never change. So how can our men uh, tap into their kingship by getting into the word of God and not changing because the word don't change? Can you see that this is the foundation and this is the key of your kingdom? This is the key of your kingship. The king's decree is unchanging. It doesn't matter how many people change. It doesn't matter how many, how many, how many feelings change towards him. His decree don't change. It is the word, the word in itself. And if everything else pass away, this word is what's going to stand. Building the king is going to build his house upon the rock. And when the winds and the waves prevail and beat upon the house, the house will not fall because the king is in dominion. And because the king has authority, because the king is in Christ who's in God. So the king, his decree is unchanging. The king chooses who will be a citizen. The people do not vote for the king, but in essence, he votes for them. Who do I want around me? Who do I want in this kingdom? Those that will agree. Those that will be on one accord. Those that will follow after my laws, after my statues. Those that will imitate me. Those that will worship me in spirit and in truth. These are the ones that I want surrounding me. Those that will love me with all their hearts, mind, and soul. Those that will treat their neighbor as they treat themselves. These. Many are called. Few are chosen. The king chooses who will be a citizen. In the church, the king of that house chooses who will do what in this house. And biblically, most of the sound-minded kings, they choose those who are in the word of God. Somebody that's going to help me keep this word. Somebody that's going to help me keep the decree. Somebody that's going to be unchanging, unwavering in this word. I'm going to choose this one to be in leadership and this one to be in leadership and that one and that one and that one. But sometimes it don't quite work out that way. Sometimes 
it becomes a, a business. Hey, this this place got to be ran right. So I know I know that that one is doing this and that one doing that and doing this and doing that. But hey, this place got to be ran right. It do. What 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 is what is what is the definition or the depiction or the image of a place, a house of God that's ran right? Can I tell you what the depiction, the, can I tell you what the picture is, the images of a house of God that's ran right? A king that is simply teaching, preaching the word in all of his authenticity, in all of his glory, in all of his unwavering and unchanging words there is but what about the singers all the singers are sleeping around and all the praise team is doing this if I sit everybody down then we ain't gonna have no praise team so have you ever heard a church where all the people lift up their voice and sung a song and then the preacher came out and preached the word and everybody went home what is our definition today of a church that's ran right. The programs. Oh, we got to go according to program. We got to go according to program. You do? Even if the ones we have in position is full of the devil? What is this worth to? Is this a kingdom? Are we representing the kingdom of God or is this our kingdom? Have we made kingdoms to ourselves or is this the kingdom of God? Is it still the kingdom of God? Do we still hold people accountable? Are we still each other? Uh, um, in the beginning, Cain and Abel, Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Are we still our brother's keeper? Or we say, oh, that's them. That's them. I'm over here. I'm minding my own business. Really? Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Do your brother want to be kept? A lot of times our flesh don't. This is why we pray the prayer, Lord. Keep me even when I don't want to be kept. Because sometimes my flesh don't want to be kept. Sometimes I want to let it all hang out. Sometimes I want to fall out loud. Sometimes I want to get drunk and cool the brown hands whole family. Sometimes I want to do this and sometimes I want to do that. But this is why we have the, 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 the partnership. This is why we have the bride of Christ. Many members join together because we can hold each other accountable. We say, brother, I know that you really don't want to hear what I have to say. But I'm telling you that I'm holding you up in prayer because this thing that you're doing is not right. You need to mind your own business. I am minding my own business. And today I'm making you my business. And I'm letting you know that I'm praying diligent for it, diligently for you. I'm letting you know that I'm fasting two days this week for you. Your name I'm going to be lifting up to the Lord. Do you know what that does in a person's mind when you tell them that? They don't want to be bothered with you because why? I'm in the place where I'm whoring around. Uh, and whoring around don't mean it's got to be with another woman, another man. 
whoring around on God, making other things our idols, whoring around on God, turning our face to look at other stuff instead of keeping our eyes on him. And he keep us in perfect peace, whoring around. You know what I'm saying? And so with that being said, uh, people don't want to hear that when they're whoring around. Because now I'm in a place now, the spot in the road, a rut where I, I, I don't want to be kept. I, I, I do want my spirit man want to be kept, but my flesh is it's going to got strong now and it really don't want to be kept. Sister, I just want to say that I see what you're doing. And I love you. And I'm always going to love you. And I'm praying for you. Better yet, I'm going to spend two days fasting for you because what you're doing is not right. You need to mind your own business. You are my business. And if you didn't know, you know now. Do you know what that does to the person? They might wave you off and yeah, 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 and leave. But you will be the last person they think about before they close their eyes and go to sleep. On the way home, you, your words will be what they think about. And when they go and whore around or whatever they choose to turn aside and do, your your words, your face is going to be what they think about. And it's going to cause a conviction now because I'm not just doing this to myself, but it seems like I'm offending my sister. She didn't say he didn't say I was offending him. But when he came up to me and let me know it uncovered, it let me know that I'm being seen. I see you. Spirits like to hide in the darkness. But when you say, I see you, I see you, then they get uncomfortable. The spirit get uncomfortable. Like, okay, we got to do something fast. Or this person and their sister or brother going to get rid of me. You doggone right. Because that's how we roll in the body of Christ. I forget what number we're on. A king's decree is unchanging. A king chooses who will be a citizen. A king embodies the government of his kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is here because the king of heaven is in the hearts and lives of his citizens. The kingdom of heaven is here now because the king of heaven is in the hearts and lives of his citizens. Excuse me. Listen to me. If God is not in the hearts and lives of us who are the kingdom citizens, we are uh, we'll, we will be unable to have an unwavering decree. A decree that is unchanging. We will be unable while living in this flesh to have a decree that's unchanging if Abba, the king of kings, is not living in the king. The decree starts to waver. If the king is not living there, if the king is not living in the heart, then the decree is over there. The decree is over here. The decree is over there. The decree is over here. What do I mean? The, the stuff that we decree for our own lives. I will have uh, 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 three houses that I own. I will have three cars. And then in three months, you're really not decreeing the three houses anymore. 
You're really not decreeing the three uh, cars anymore. That's because we live, we learn, and we grow, hopefully. If we're still decreeing the three houses and the three cars, our mind is somewhere else. Our mind is on carnal things. I'm going to have the house. I'm going to have the car. I'm going to have my own business. I'm going to. That's great. That's great. That's great. But the decree that's unwavering since the beginning, that should never waver from nobody. If we are allowing the Lord to live within our hearts, these decrees should not waver at no time. Well, I might not be decreeing the house and the car anymore. The kingdom of God does not waver. It's not one place in this Bible where he said you are to decree your house, decree your car, decree this, decree that, decree your money, decree, 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 decree. That's these folks out here preaching and teaching something that ain't in the word. But how do we uh, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the word? How do the kings of the earth have a decree that's unchanging? No matter who changed, when they changed, where they changed. How do the kings of the earth have a decree that's unchanging? Well, they have to have a king that's unchanging. Number 10. A king's presence. Is the presence of his authority. A king's presence is the presence of his authority. The undernote says when the king shows up, his full authority is present. Right? There's a scripture, I believe, where it says he anoints uh, wherever our feet may tread. And I'm paraphrasing. But he gives us that authority. Wherever our feet go, there's an authority. When the king shows up, his full authority is present. Kingdom citizens may always exercise kingly authority because the king is always present with them. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith is through is through is by grace through faith by God through Jesus. Walk with Jesus. We have Abba and the authority is present no matter where we go this is why many times we are shunned from different people because the authority of the king we arrive together we arrive together and a lot of times the enemy can see when you arrive with the king of kings and sometimes when we're unwavering in our faith we can allow circumstances, things, and people to change us. But when we have the king of kings on the inside, it's unwavering. When the king shows up, his full authority is present. Kingdom citizens may always exercise kingly authority. 
because the king is always present with them. 11 says a king's wealth is measured by his property. The king of heaven owns everything everywhere in both the natural and the supernatural realms. The king of heaven owns everything everywhere in both the natural and supernatural realms. A king's prosperity is measured by the status of his citizens. A citizen of the kingdom of heaven automatically prospers because the king of heaven is the wealthiest of all. What does this mean? This means, Lord, thank you for supplying all my need according to your riches and glory. What do we deem? See, this goes back to how we feel, how we think, how we comprehend. What does his riches and glory? Because I'm thinking about Jesus now. Jesus didn't have all that. He didn't have all that. What people talking about this rich, you rich, you rich, you rich. Jesus didn't have all that. So was that, did that mean he wasn't rich? Lord, thank you for supplying all my need according to your riches and glory. Where are the riches and glory? And what do you and I deem as rich? When it comes to the Lord who is supernatural, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. The riches cannot be bought with earthly money. Did you know that? The riches of the kingdom of God can never be bought with earthly currency. Thirteen says a king's name is the essence of his authority. Jesus the king has delegated his authority to his citizens. He promised to do anything that they ask in his name. I'll do anything that you ask. Fourteen says a king's Citizenry, I didn't even know that was a word. A king's citizenry represents his glory. 14 is the last one. A king's citizenry represents his glory. The undernote says kingdom citizens are to reflect the character of their king who is righteous just, benevolent, compassionate, and full of glory. Kingdom citizens are to reflect the nature and character of their king who is righteous. Matthew 24:35 Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. They go on to say, here is something to meditate on. Psalms 19, verse 7 through 11. Says the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. 
The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Revelations 11:15 The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. Shout out to all the kings out there. May you be unwavering in your stand. May your speech be clear and of a sound mind and of a fixed heart. May you go in love and compassion, rebuking, reproving, enlightening, inspiring those that are looking for the kingdom of heaven. I'm not sure what version of the Bible this we read from. So I'm going to, since we have time, I'm going to quickly look these up real quick. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So they are in the KJV. Kingdom of citizens. Another thing the Lord gave me was this. Because I know the daughters of Zion are like, well, what about us? Well, the, if the king lives within. And it's, if it's the king that is using you as a vessel that is speaking without. 
is that really a problem? If we believe it is God within speaking and using the instrument. He says, if I don't find nobody, I'll have the rocks to cry out. There's a lady, a willing vessel, clean and ready to be used. You think that the dog, you think that a rock is better than a female? That the Lord can't speak through a female? That he would bypass the female and speak through a rock. That he would bypass the female and speak through, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we know, when we begin to know God, we'll understand that he said, whosoever will, let them come. He didn't just say the men, men, y'all come. Y'all women, y'all stay back there. Y'all dumb, stay back there. He didn't say that. Whosoever will, let them come. Come on. The Lord says, draw not to me, I'll draw not to you. He didn't say, y'all men, if you draw not to me, I'll draw not to you. Now, y'all women, I ain't talking about y'all. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. What he did give me for the ladies is this. Going back to Esther, we see where she, um, excuse me. We see where Esther, Esther was dealing with the king naturally. And most of the time, we, we, we talk about submission so much, so much, so much until there, there is no room left to be an Esther these days sometimes. There is no room to be, there is no room left to be an Esther. This is when men begin to cause the kingdom to be unto them, unto themselves and not unto God. Because Sometimes we don't leave room for Esther. We don't leave room for Sarah. We look at Esther. We look at Sarah. We can look at different ones and see where they were told to do something specific. But them, in a way, you can say overriding, but it's not. It wasn't really an overriding, but it was them acting out of love and compassion. People say, well, if Sarah hadn't never told Abraham to go into Hagar, then Ishmael wouldn't have never been here and everything would have been fine. But there is always the plan of God. Ishmael went on to, to have a whole nation of people. Do you think it's God's desire for those people to have never been here? That's not everything is the plan of God. Every single thing God has planned. With with Esther, she should have been submissive. The king said, "You don't come when you're not called." But look at the look at all the people that would have died if she would not have overrode through love and compassion and understanding that if I perish, let me perish. But 
There's a whole group of people here that is depending on me to arise above myself and arise above what the king has said. And I have to go in here. I have to do it. What did she do, though? She didn't just go in there and say, you know what? I'm finna throw this makeup on my face and I'm finna put on a tight skirt and I'm finna put on a halter top. I'm gonna put on my big hoop earrings and I'm finna go in here and I'm finna tell King that did murder, that, that, that Haman is trying to get my people killed and I'm finna just get, she would have got killed. That's Jezebel going to her own strength. But see, Jezebel met Jehu. Jehu wasn't stunning all that. Jehu said, who be on the Lord's side? Uh, Y'all, throw her down. Jezebel had units around her that didn't like her no way. She didn't know it. Because what did they have to do? They had to praise her. They had to compliment her. They had to, they had to do it. So it became a routine. That's why you have to be careful. If everybody's saying, hey, that don't mean, that don't mean they mean it. It's done became routine now. The eunuchs, they had to say, oh, you look nice today, queen. Oh, queen, is there anything else you need? Queen, you are so wise. Queen, we delight in your presence. All it took was one word from somebody that that spoke how they felt. Throw her down. They didn't want to throw her out that window. <laughs> Every time she went over to the women, they looked at each other like, Oh, ooh, I wish we could do it. Ooh, I wish we could do it. You know? Esther... I'm not encouraging the women to just go up against these men. and that's, a, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is there room in the body of Christ for God to do an Esther thing? Most of these, a lot, not most of them, but a lot of the men that are not wired right, but they think they know God and they don't, they just harper on it. You know why? Because they want to rule something. They're not well. They're not well. I'm going to rule this woman. I'm going to rule everything. And I'm going to rule this. And I'm going to control this. And I'm going to... They can't control themselves. They can't control their minds. They can't control what they do. But they want to control somebody else. They're unwell. But the body of Christ that the Lord is bringing together right now, they have room for the Deborahs, the ones that can talk. To the what was what was his name? Let me look that up real fast. What was that man's name? Hold on just a minute. I know it, but it's not coming. Bayrak, I guess. Let me see. I think it was Bayrak, but let me see. Yeah, Bayrak. So the bride of the. The healthy bride of Christ have room for the Deborahs. The healthy bride of Christ, because Deborah is somebody that's praying, somebody's fast, somebody in the word, somebody that can hear from God, somebody that can relate the message. Deborah, uh, Esther, somebody that's going to think about somebody other than herself. Sarah, somebody that's going to be so unconditionally loving 
to the king that I'll, I'll, even though I want only me and you to be intimate, I'll let you go into another so that you can have a seed and heir to your throne, Abraham. Abraham, I don't want you to die without having somebody carry your name.